Are you working? What kind of work do you do? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. From the makeshift studios in Mulca Hill, New Jersey, it's talking ish with your commish. That's right, we're here live from the makeshift studios, and I am in the nude. Because for the first time in podcast history, every single person sent in a sounder and has participated. So I'm celebrating here in my birthday suit. So I hope you enjoy. Hope you can hear my wang flopping around down there. And I assure you, this isn't one of those radio gimmicks where I just say that I'm doing something and I'm not doing it. I'm fucking buck ass naked. Come on down and check it out. Maybe I'll take a pick if you really want to check it out. Anyway, week one, fantasy football in the books. We uh, had a right after the draft podcast last week, so we didn't really get to do the usual recap. But all I'll say, Kamish won the dongs, got the first pick, kind of questions his own decision. But I still like my team. And great week of fantasy football. We'll get to that. Great week of NFL football. Let's jump right into that with the birds. We got off to a bit of a slow start, but I think we all kind of expected that. They didn't play in the preseason. Carson hasn't seen any action for a while. He's coming off the injury. Everybody's out of sync. Shit happens. Washington, all those motherfuckers played probably in the preseason because it's a bunch of bums. That fucking team stinks. And in the second half, you saw the real Eagles. And it all got started with Deshaun Jackson just catching a bomb from Carson. Showing that at 32 years old, this motherfucker still got it. He's still got speed. He's actually a better receiver. So he's learned to run routes. You see all those short out routes he was able to run because receivers are now playing, or uh, cornerbacks are now playing 20 yards off him because he just burned him twice. So now he's got all this space to work with, creates opportunities for other guys. Complete game changer for the offense. The offensive line looked like a goddamn group of monsters. They just manhandled their defensive line. You didn't hear Kerrigan's name mentioned once during that broadcast, did you? It's because Lane Johnson and whoever else he fucking lined up against were just murdering people out there. Brandon Brooks coming off a fucking Achilles tear just tore it up on the field. Lots to be excited about with this offense. And the only thing I kind of had a little bit of issue with was uh, the running back situation. I mean, you saw the flashes of Miles Sanders, the explosiveness he has. Jordan Howard show you, showed you he can just mow people down. That guy just falls forward. He's one of those guys who falls forward for five yards. And then you saw a shit ton of Darren Sproles, and that's the issue I had. Like, Darren Sproles is great, but I think he's a transitional type back, you know, to change a pace type guy. I don't want to see him out there for like the majority of the snaps. I want to see those other two guys just draining clock, running out for explosive plays, getting them involved in screens and all other kinds of shit. I have no problem with how it all ended up, but going forward, let me see a little bit more of the weapons you brought in, not the one that's been sitting on the shelf. And the one thing entering the game I think that was on everybody's mind is Ken Carson come off the injury and come back to the 2017 form. And look what happened. Motherfucker looked like he's been doing it for the longest time. And he got right back off where he started, I think, in that 2017 season. And, like, let's not forget, last year was a down year, quote-unquote, for Carson. Just because he went out with injury, it wasn't the elite level that you were used to. But his numbers were still pretty decent. And when you compare his career over a very long period of time since he's come in here, three years is a long time. He looks pretty fucking good. And yesterday, or on Sunday, he looked... Pretty fucking decent. It looks like he's uh, still the best quarterback when he's being blitzed. When the pressure's on, Carson performs. He threw two touchdown passes off the blitz. He's probably one of the best touchdown pass throwing quarterbacks when the blitz is on. He kept his eyes down the field the whole game, doing his progressions. He looked pretty fucking poised, pretty solid out there. And it's, again, it's pretty easy when you got the weapons and the offensive line that this team has, offensive side of the ball, all things are fucking looking great. Defense wasn't as good. I'll say they were okay. 
And I know everybody's going to get bent out of shape about the defense, especially because they got burned by the Washington Redskins, who don't even have a Pro Bowl wide receiver or any Pro Bowl player really on that offense, other than maybe a few guys on the offensive line. And one of them didn't even fucking play. We know we got issues in the secondary, a bunch of unproven guys who I think situationally can come in and fill a gap. But this whole defense is predicated on that front four. If that front four gets pressure, it relieves the tension on the back of the defense. The problem we have for our players, I think, on the defensive line is while they're very, very good, and I would say you've got some elite players on that offensive line, you don't have anybody that's like like a world breaker. You don't have a pass rusher that's just going to get to the quarterback consistently. What you've got is guys that are disruptive. They get in the quarterback's face. They make him feel the pressure, which speeds up his delivery of the ball. So in the second half, you kind of saw that Jim Swartz made some adjustments. Those guys were able to get some pressure on the quarterback. While they may have not gotten to the quarterback, they got pressure on him, and you saw that it took some relief off the back of the defense. That's what this team's going to do all year, so get used to it. You're going to have big explosive plays on this secondary all fucking day long because it's a tough model to ask a front four with a depleted linebacker crew because you don't have the world's premier linebacking crew outside of Niger Bradham, uh, and he's, you know, he's good, but he's not elite. So you're relying on that front four. Those guys can't do it every single play. You're eventually going to get burned, but it's bend, don't break. That's what it's all about. As long as you keep them out of the end zone, you keep the points off the board, that's all that fucking matters. So if this defense can do that going forward, I'm fine with them letting up the big play. And you've seen New England do it for the how many years now? They've never had... I mean, maybe in the earlier years of their Super Bowl run, they had elite defenses. But in these last few Super Bowls, it's been all about the offense. The defense has showed up, and the defense has had opportunistic moments. But I wouldn't call them an elite defense by any means. It's Bill Belichick and his coaching. And I think this team is trying to go for the same model. Elite offense, can put points on the board, can manage a game, good coach, decent defense. Opportunistic defense, reliant on the turnover. So next week, on or coming up on Sunday, really, Sunday night, we got the Atlanta Falcons. It's going to be a, a tougher matchup. But I think you know people give the fucking Atlanta Falcons too much credit. They're a choke job waiting to happen. I think we can roll into Atlanta. We can easily win that game. We're absolutely, I think, in my mind, the favorite. I don't fucking care. I haven't looked at a line. I don't fucking care what the line says. In my mind, we're the favorite. We're the better team. So we're going to go into hot Atlanta. We're going to steamroll the fucking Falcons. We're going to come back. 2-0, baby, and I can't fucking wait. One thing that disappointed me this weekend was that what grabbed the headlines all week was not the game itself, but the shenanigans in the parking lot. And by now, you know what I'm talking about. A bunch of jamokes in the F lot. They bring a casket to the, the fucking parking lot, like a bunch of like crazy people, and they get shit-faced from 5 a.m. on in their little tent tailgate where they got the coffin, and they're on the PA mic, just screaming obscenities at whoever walks by in a different jersey. Now, I'm all for prodding other fans. That's part of like what Philadelphia is about. We are a tough fan base. We give it to people that are on our team. But it shouldn't be like super malicious. It should be in jest with a little bit of venom. It should never cross the line. And these fucking guys, this is everything that we get ripped apart as for being like this degenerate fan base. Like Those are the guys. Those fucking like Delco area dudes that are just scumbags. It's not nothing to do with them being drunk. They're just shitty people. Like these guys go home and probably beat their wives or have miserable lives and they live for Sunday, which, you know, you can kind of understand as a sports fan yourself. You live for Sunday too, but these guys need Sunday. Like there's something fucking wrong in their head that they need Sunday and they need to act like an asshole to just random strangers that walk by to justify some kind of self-worth in their life. And that's what happened here on Sunday. These guys are so stupid that they can't recognize probably one of the most recognizable athletes in Philadelphia sports right now, just given the fact of his physical appearance. How many six-foot fucking nine, six-foot eight, however tall he is, guys, do you see walking around with emoji tattoos? Seriously. And it's not like, oh, I didn't see his tattoos. The dude's covered head to toe. And he's got ridiculous and stupid tattoos. You don't know who the fuck that is? So he walks into the tent 
wearing his Redskins jersey, and some guy calls him the N-word, and then the confrontation starts. You know, I'm not going to pretend to be black. I don't know what it's like to be called the N-word, but I can tell you right now, if I was black and you called me the N-word, I'd punch you right in the fucking mouth because I feel like that's just what you do. You can't let people get away with that shit. You at least got to confront them. And then all these little tiny drunk dudes, these white trash fucking assholes, surround Mike Scott, start getting in his face. What's he going to do? It's fight or flight. He ain't going to flee. He's a fucking six foot eight dude. He'll beat the shit out of all nine of those dudes that were surrounding him. So the altercation occurs. Just a bad look for the city. And now these guys come out today and say, well, we disbanded our tailgate. and We've learned our lesson and blah, 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 blah. Bullshit. You're a bunch of fucking racist assholes that give this city a bad name. Let me hit him with the bump, bump, ba bump. Before we get into the fantasy matchups this week, I want to tell you a quick little story about what happened to me driving home today. So the commission's been working fucking crazy hours because new job, um, moving on up in the world, taking a lot of responsibility on, a lot of, th- lot of moving parts right here. And then the sales meeting... You know, the one we go, I go to every year that, you know, they give the trophy out and all that shit. That's all happening next week. I'm very heavily involved this year. Again, doing Quizzo, which I'm very excited about. I love being the MC of shit. It's basically like hosting this radio show live. I wish you guys could be there. It'd be a lot more fun. I basically roast all of the people in the audience, my coworkers, throughout the evening. And it's it's great fun. It's absolute fun. But, yeah, so I'm busy the last couple of days. I'm driving home late. Uh, one night this week, and I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm deathly terrified of insects. I don't like them anywhere around me. Don't be crawling on my face or my fingers or my toes. So I'm driving home, and across me, right on my windshield, on the inside, and I knew he was on the inside because I could see him crawling. This fucking tarantula-looking spider, probably about a solid like three inches which for a fucking spider is horrifying. Crawls from my little flip-down visor that you use to block the sun in your car. Crawls out of that, across my windshield right in front of me. And I'm driving home on in fucking traffic on 42. And the minute I see this thing come in front of me, I get fucking tight butthole because I fucking hate bugs. And I'm just watching it because I, you know, when you're in traffic and that's bumper to bumper, you're kind of riding the brake and you're letting it off a little bit, moving forward taking a break, you can just repeat that motion, so that every time you do that, the car kind of jostles a little bit, and now I'm watching this spider, and he's just chilling right there in the middle of my windshield, just like almost staring me in the face, and I'm like, you better not fucking leave that windshield, because the minute you fucking leave that windshield, I'm going to freak the fuck out, so of course, we're driving through traffic, I'm bumper to bumper, I hit the brake, this spider comes flying onto me somewhere and that's the worst thing i wish it was like oh he hit my face because then i could just been wipe it off no problem i have no idea where he landed i'm like is he in my shirt is he on my leg is he gonna fucking bite me and i'm flailing around the car and i'm swerving into different lanes it's fucking brutal i'm i'm like not paying attention to the road or driving at all and this spider somewhere just a fucking mess on top of all the other shit i got going on last thing i fucking want to deal with so eventually, I figure my shit out, and I, I'm just like, okay, the spider's gone. He's not on you. You're fine. I get home. I don't think about it. Uh, a couple hours go by. I do a little bit more work on my computer. I go to shower that night. And I take off my fucking clothes, my underwear and shit, and out pops the spider, who was probably, like, nestled under my fucking taint the entire night. Just crawls away like nothing ever happened. Like, he didn't just violate my entire life. Fucking terrible. Anyway, let's go to the matchups for the week. Our first week of NFL fantasy football matchups for the Founding Father Fantasy Football League. A brand new fucking season. Let's fucking go. And no, I still haven't fixed the fucking song. It's probably going to tail out at the end, but we're going to get through it as fast as we possibly fucking can. In our first matchup, we had the Kamish, the former champion, taking on Zifo in a battle of two pretty fucking talented teams. But Christian McFodder and Matt, Pat the Mahomie, quite the day. Fox took a 67-point lead at, into Sunday night and into Monday. And then Gamish put up a good showing, 
pretty much enough to beat any other fucking team he would have faced, except for Jove. Uh, just runs into a tough matchup. Fox takes down the commish. The only Jew win of the week. 161.4 to 142.8. Our next matchup, the new and improved Jove. Taking on Mark's team that is still yet to be fucking named. Name your fucking team, dude. Um, Jove routed him. 153.3 to 110.6. Up and down the line, Jove's squad pretty much dominated. Nearly four players with 20 points, getting great contributions from his defense. And yes, the stupidest position in all of fantasy football, the kicker. Our next matchup, BJ versus ML. Not a great matchup. But these boys battle it out. You know Mike's having a tough time when his defense is his top scoring team of the week. Or top scoring player, whatever. Mama didn't let Baker out. He didn't get to practice. And it showed in the game. Browns looked miserable. Baker did nothing. Uh, BJ didn't have the week he wanted. But got plenty of firepower to knock out his opponent. BJ takes down Mike. 110.8 to 104.65. Our next matchup. The King of Jetro, the Nitrous Huffing Hero himself, Jake, takes down the paintball-pounded Max Stein. Jake trailed the entire fucking weekend until Monday night when DeAndre Hopkins slapped his big old pecker on the table and got the win for Jake. Jake over Stein, 123.85 to 117.95. And in our final matchup, we had Dave versus Zach Maron. Dave trailed heading into Monday night. But thanks to Philip Lindsay and his painfully average performance of 8.6 points, Dave was able to overcome Zach Maron and secure his first W of the season. Dave over Marin, 128.7 to 123.6. Them's are your matchups. So we had four Gentile winners and one Jew winner. The Gentiles are off to a great start considering that all of the teams in the Gentile Division 1 accept your commish, but the commish put up a lot of points, so you know this division's good. This division is coming for you, that ace over there on the Jew side. But the best team in the Jew Division is the best team in the league right now with 161.4 points, Zifo. He's your $5 winner because he's MVP this week. And he has some balls because he's taking the commission on in the commissioner's challenge for a chance to double his coin or to lose it all. You don't want to lose it all because next week I'll come back and I'll hit you with one of these. Nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. All right. So we're going to jump right into the power rankings. But remember, fellas, when you clink your glass when you do it, because there's nothing to fucking rankings. Unless you've got power! <laughs> Where we go? Number 10. At number 10, he put up the lowest point total this week, Mr. Mike London. But I think things will turn around for Mike. His team's not awful. And I do think there's a team that's worse. It's just you got to go by some kind of science here, right? And numbers are the only thing I got to go off. So for now, Mike sits in the basement. Number 9. Number nine is Mr. Rome himself. It's Mr. Romy Mark, whose team hasn't been named yet. I hope you're having fun over there in Italy, bud. Um, your team's cheeks, though. You didn't do a great job drafting, and it's going to show up, and I think you may be the one to get paintballed this year. We'll see, though, because Mark's been known to be a pretty decent manager from time to time. He does have a championship under his belt. We'll see if he can pull through, but Mark comes in at nine. Number eight. Coming in at number eight and also kind of competing for that paintball title is Steino. Steino didn't have the best week. His team's not completely terrible, but they're pretty fucking bad. So Stein goes down this week, one of the many Jews to go down, even though if he changes his last name to Rosanelli, I will consider switching leagues with you, given the fact that I am now a Jew in law. So just think about it. Stein at eight. Number seven. Coming in at number seven is a team that disappointed me a little bit this week. I said such nice things about his team in the last podcast. Zach Maron coming in at number seven. Got the L this week, but he'll look to bounce back. His defense really didn't get it done for him, but I suspect that Jacksonville will be back. Don't you worry. And maybe Zach will be back too. Number six. 
Coming in at number six is Uncle Butch. Uncle Butch has a, uh, he's got a good squad. Don't let him fool you. He wants to be modest and act like his team's not good. His team's okay. His team's always there every year. Butch is a solid fantasy manager. We're happy to have him in the league. His team got it done this week, but against a weak opponent in ML. ML didn't have the best week. So we'll see what BJ's all about, see if he can get it done next week. But for now, Uncle Butch checking in at number six. Number five. Number five, the king of Jetro himself may be puffing one too many of them nitrous tanks because he's good, but he's, uh, he's, uh, he's there. We'll say that. He's a winner this week and uh, a winner in all of our hearts for his contributions to the podcast. So Jake comes in at number five. Number four. Coming in at number four just because of the number of points he put up this week, despite the fact that uh, he didn't get the win, still a pretty decent team. Now I actually think I should be higher, but I put the commission at number four, and uh, I'm proud of that position. I'm coming back next week strong. I got a few holes on my team, but don't worry about it. Lots of weapons. Still coming for that ace. Number three. Coming in at number three is Mr. Dave Bedecki. Dave, crushing it. Getting the win. Coming from behind. Putting up points. Feeling good about himself. Did his research. Did his homework this year. Is Dave on the cusp? We'll have to see. Week one, too hard to tell. Number two. Coming in at number two on top of the Gentile division is Joe Joe transforming his team this year. Solid late-round picks, too, of Sam Darnold and and whoever the fuck else we put on his team. Uh, Solid uh, draft there, Joe. I think the team's poised for a little bit of a run. Watch out for Joe. Number one. And coming in at number one in dominant fashion, just putting a fucking big old stinky shit on top of the rest of the league this week is Zifo. Zifo, year after year, is one of the most consistent people in this league. And honestly, his team looks pretty fucking good. And I would watch out. I think Zifo might be poised. We said it on the podcast last week. He was top team then, top team now. Numbers don't lie. All right, there's your power rankings. We got our matchups next week. Uh, big week of NFL matchups, big week of fantasy football matchups. So we got Marin, Zach Marone, taking on ML in a battle for the Jew division. Uh, BJ taking on Jake in the Gentile division. Mark versus Joe in an inter-religious uh, rivalry. Then we've got Stein at Zifo. And our game of the week, your commish taking on Dave. Home game for Dave. Will the home fans come and cheer him on? Before I get into Sounders, I want to thank you guys for sending flowers to my missus. That was very, very sweet of you. It really did brighten up her day. She's, like, obsessed with these flowers. She walks by them. She's like, oh, look at my pretty flowers. So, really appreciate it. Very nice gesture. With that, let's go into the Sounders. Uh, We got everybody checking in this week. It's beautiful. It's my favorite fucking episode almost ever. Uh, Let's go right into Uncle BJ checking in. Uncle BJ, Chicago kid, what's going on? Yo, 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 Chicago kid here. First time checking in since the draft. Brent, great job as always. Uh, the event went pretty smooth, I would say. Minus me shooting Max in the neck with a paintball. Uh, sorry about that, Stein. Other than that, food was awesome. Uh, I feel pretty good about my team, even though I pretty much would have only beat Mike and I guess Mark by point two. But, you know, first week it's hard to tell what's going on with your team. My quarterbacks are going to be a problem this year, but, you know, I'll figure it out. But, yeah, great time at the draft, Brent. Um, the dongs were awesome. Um, playing ball brought back some memories, so I guess I'll leave you boys with this. My one and only dunk in high school. See ya. 
That's one more dunk than I have in high school. And that's very impressive. BJ's a fucking athletic dude. And I should have thought about that when I was designing these games. I'm like, you know, BJ's pretty big. He's pretty athletic. He may have an advantage in this one. And he did. But he still didn't win the event. And that's what matters. So because of the rules and all that stuff, you know, we get a little creative to make it a little bit more even. So BJ's still the most dominant basketball player around. But your commission is the dong champion. Um, yeah, hi. I have a complaint to file with the league to the commissioner, Dede Nertwatson, or DD Nertwatson, whichever you prefer. Um, I think Stein should be penalized for not taking home the Stinker Trophy. Uh, Joe and I had that shit for a full calendar year. It's unfair to us, and it's unfair to the league. Who's the Stinker? I don't know. The trophy's not with him. So, Stein, come pick that shit up, bro. Your complaint is recognized, and we shall take justice, smooth, swift justice against Stein for not bringing home this trophy that I now have to look at in my office. I have the championship trophy. That's what I'm supposed to be looking at. It's up over my shoulder right here, but in my direct line of sight is an outhouse with its pants pulled down taking a shit. And I didn't earn that. Not yet. So Stein, you better come pick this motherfucker up or there will be repercussions. Let's go to Zefo. Yo! It's uh, Christian McFarter here. Just uh, checking in. I wanted to see how DD and its Twatson, or did whatever the fuck that is, DD and her Twatson, DD Twatson, whatever the fuck your name is, just uh, you know, checking how you're doing. I gave you a pretty big um, um, anal destroyer. I don't even fucking know. All right, I'm back. Um, totally juggled that one i'm really fucking bad at this but uh yeah i gave dd and her twats in a a uh <laughs> an ass beating but uh yeah i'm in first i'm doing well i'm really looking forward to um you know keep doing well <laughs> all right dude, i'm really really bad at this but i love you guys um, I'm coming for that ass next week. Who the fuck is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Chenay? Chenay Head Noddle? What the fuck name is that? I'm coming for that ass. You're a strange cat, bro. But we love you. And I think you need to learn to read. Chenay Head Nodders, dude. The best team name out there. I laugh every fucking time I see it. Chennai Head Nodders. Great team. Speaking of, let's go to the manager himself, the Chennai Head Nodders, Mr. Maxwell Ezra Stein Rosanelli. No shit. I just erased what I just talked and left his voicemail because I didn't like it. It was awful. Um, basically, a couple things. I want to be quick about it. Uh, September 11th, uh, never forget, right? Two, um... Maggie's birthday party is November 16th. Um, you and your girls will be invited. More to come. There's invitation coming around. Uh, three, I'm thinking about doing like a weekly thing where like my sounder will be specifically me telling you what pisses me off. Like I just pick one specific thing. You know, like I don't remember like, I don't know if you guys remember like last year, like one of the things I talked about was like, I hate modern art. I think the whole thing is a fucking joke. And like I explained how fucking stupid it is. I think the next bit for this week, I think I w is really fucking stupid, is, like, this, like, PC culture and that everyone gets, like, so fucking upside about everything. And I'll make this story really quick. There's this fucking libtard lesbian who works at our fucking, um, who works at our, uh, at work with me. Margaret is trying to get my attention. No, I'm trying to talk. And she says... We were talking about that suicide that happened where that guy just fucking jumped off the, you know, 17th floor. And, and then, um, you know, he was like 10's head of like, <laughs> like mental health. And I was like, oh, man, that's really fucking ironic. And this bitch chimes in going, that's not funny. That's really serious stuff. And, like, there's, like, this thing called victims, you know, like a victims thing. Uh, and I was like, shut the fuck up, you stupid cunt. All right? I'm always saying it's ironic. All right, that's one thing. All right, I got to go because Margaret's, Margaret's being impatient. All right. See you guys. Brian, I hope you're new. Bye. 
I am nude, and I hope you do check in every week with uh, what makes Stein angry because like that is an awesome little segment that we can definitely add in, and I'm happy to do it. With what you just said, that's absolutely fucking absurd. It's absolutely ironic. The guy was the head of like Penn's mental health, and he fucking killed himself on National Suicide. That's irony at its finest on National fucking like Suicide Day or whatever it was. I think he was trying to make a statement. I think he wanted it to be ironic. So she can come and be like, oh, you got to respect the victims or whatever bullshit that these people spew. Whatever. Sometimes, you know, death's serious, sure. But death can be funny. And death's funny a lot of the time. Death's a punchline. So fucking deal with it, you so- fucking social justice warrior, lib cuck faggot. Let's go to Mark. Checking in from Italia. Brent, here's your fucking voice sounder, dude. I'm at the fucking Piazza del Cavalagheri eating some fucking spaghetti and the fucking pasta pomodori. Fucking liters of wine. Fucking drunk as shit. Italy. Peace. That's pretty good Italian there, Mark. I'm very impressed. Maybe Mark's going to come back more cultured. We'll see. Let's check in with Zach Marone. All right. First off, uh, I want to say congrats to Dave. Squeaking by with the win. Yo soy un perdedor. I'm a loser, baby. Uh, I had Sammy Watkins sitting on my bench who exploded for 44 fucking points. A grown man named Sammy. Wasn't Sammy Watkins the one down at old Campbell's farm causing a nuisance? Like, what kind of name is fucking... That's where he sounds like he's from. Grown person with the name Sammy. Who is he? Dan Folkman's little sister? <laughs> It's seriously, though, like, that is a ridiculous name for a grown man. I always found that strange. Like, I work with the guy, he goes by Timmy. Like, can I just call you Tim, bud? Are you a seven-year-old boy? Do I need really need to, are we, like, in a, like, T-ball? I gotta talk, call you Timmy? Get out of here. It's fucking ridiculous. Checking in. First time, long time. We got Joe. Brent, I'm kind of rooting for Daniel Jones to do well. Eli Manning needs to be put out of his misery so the Giants and the rest of the NFL world can move on. I agree. I'm tired of playing miserable teams in this division. I actually would like to be competitive because then you feel like better about the games that you win in the division. Eli Manning's a miserable quarterback. He shouldn't be on the field. And this kid actually could play. And i like to see what he's got, especially with Saquon. Let's make a fucking game of it and let's go. Let's go to ML, checking in from the land driving right now i'm being yelled at by my broad because uh i'm trying to put sounders in and she won't let me oh and one not a hard hot start for the seeking head heave position trying to get that shit but bj cucked me with a 30 dollar bit dude that's a lot of that's a lot of cashish i guess that's what you get you know in the jew division we're pretty frugal with our free agent dollars but uh i'm just happy football's back man Sometimes you got to spend cash to make money. That's what it's about. Waiver wire auction, man. I think it's the best move we ever made as a league. Fucking great little tidbit side thing that we do. Fantastic. Let's go to Dave. Brent, are you going to be the slightest bit all right? Absolutely not. Not in 100%. Not, not ever. Maybe it's just because of the week one rust, but I'm drawing a blank here, dog. Can you put some topics out or something? Like just what's on your mind each week, maybe? Let us feed off that. Need some help, bro. Dude, I don't think you want to know what's going on in my mind. My mind's a bad neighborhood. You should stay out. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw you some stuff you can maybe chat, chime in on, let you know what we're talking about. Um, and maybe I'll preface the sounder request with that next week. Let's go back to Dave. Can we start a GoFundMe for BJ's fantasy team in week two? To plead the dollars, down a lot. But I think he got some pretty good gains there. So we'll see what BJ can do with it. Can we do a bake sale for Brent's fantasy team? <laughs> I think it's a little more fitting. Me, on the other hand, I spent a lot of money on the waiver wire so far. Nothing to show for it. Don't know what the fuck I'm doing to this point in the season, but we're figuring it out as we go. You know, building the airplane in flight. Don't have a plan, but I will. We'll come back. But, like, what about this AB thing, dude? He's just jerking off on people's backs? Like, that's kind of weird. I don't know how I feel about that. He probably shouldn't be doing that, but he definitely done did it. But uh, he's a weirdo, man. I'm glad he's not on our squad. But it'll probably work out for the Patriots, and they'll be Super Bowl champs again. You know, nothing else new. And um, kind of sucks, but, you know, fuck that guy. Got bad news for you, bro. Even without Antonio Brown, 
they probably could still win a Super Bowl. And yeah, he's a creep. And he definitely did that shit. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Most of the time you see these athletes and the allegations like that come out against them. They probably did that shit. Especially like this. This guy. You don't think he did that? Did you read the uh, fucking emails he sent to this woman? You got to imagine. And the morning guys were talking about this. He's going to, like, that email he sent to his uh, former trainer who's accusing him of rape and sexual assault, they got to read that in a deposition. And this motherfucker talks in Ebonics, and it's like Ebonics that even the blackest of motherfuckers couldn't understand. It's not English. No one could decipher it. So maybe it's inadmissible in court because it's just so fucking absurd. We'll see what happens with this motherfucker, though. Let's stay tuned to the Antonio Brown saga as the year goes on. I'm sure he'll play. There'll be backlash. Doesn't matter, though. The Patriots are still going to roll. Let's go back to Joe. Mark, for the love of God, man, change your team name. I know you're in Italy probably sipping on a nice Chianti, but for the love of God, man, take a few seconds out of your day and change that stupid name. I can't take it anymore. You know, I tried to change it myself, and Yahoo does not allow me, and I'm very upset about it because I, like, your name is stupid. Mark's Majestic Team. That's your default name that Yahoo gave you. Mark's Majestic Team sounds like you're the trumpeteer in the faggotiest band that ever existed. Like you guys blow your trumpets and glitter pops out of not only your trumpet but your asshole from the fucking that you got the night before from the gay orgy that you participated in as part of your gay marching band. Change your fucking team name, dude. Went down to the link this past weekend with my mama. Tradition continues of me and her going to the opening game. And uh, we saw a victory. And I think last year we did too. I can't remember. Um, but, dude, so many Tonys from Delco, man. And it's just ridiculous. All I hear is, like, Jake's impression. Every single person that I run into there has that super thick accent. And it's always fuck this and fuck that. And something about Gabagool and then something about water. Like, it's water, but, you know, water. Everyone's saying water. And it's just so many Tonys, dude. It's, like, ridiculous. But good on you, Jake. You're the best probably Tony from uh, South Philly that I know. Jake does do the great impression. And, yeah, there's a lot of gobble ghouls down there at the stadium. Lots of fucking people that give this city a bad name. We talked about it earlier. Won't beat it to death. But, you know, there's trash everywhere you go. So it's not unique to Philadelphia. We just got a certain type of trash that really fucking stands out. Let's go back to Joe. Yo, guys, when the commission puts something up for vote, y'all need to make a decision and let your voice be heard. It's not that difficult. Goddamn right, Joe. Joe's coming in hot. Joe's quickly rising on the podcast rankings here already week one because he's absolutely right. We talked about this Yahoo ESPN thing. You're all a bunch of Yahoos. It's fucking like I got two chats going on about the fucking one topic. What do we want to do? Make a fucking decision. As of right now, no decisions being made. So we hold status quo. And maybe the people that are on one side versus the other like that. But I have no opinion one way or the other. And I can be swayed. I could be a swing vote. So fucking figure it out. If you want to switch, let's switch. If you don't, let's not. Not that hard. Just make your fucking opinion known. If Yahoo had a poll I could fucking send out, I would have sent out a poll. But Yahoo does not have a poll. Points off for Yahoo. They got a lot of other cool features. I really did enjoy that matchup feature that Jake pointed out this week. Um, Could definitely use that in the future. Didn't have as much time to go through it this week because I got a lot of shit going on, motherfucker. Deal with it. Back to Zach Morrell. So I was at my cousin's wedding this weekend, and uh, she's an Eagles fan, and the groom is a Skins fan, and it was uh, their wedding was on Sunday in Philly, which was funny. But what I wanted to talk about was getting into the football spirit together because I was talking about it with a bunch of the groomsmen. Uh, we had to go to services, Jewish wedding, on Saturday morning, so everyone off to synagogue. No one's happy about it. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there fucking around on my phone and the Antonio Brown news breaks. So I go to turn around and uh, whisper it to my uh, my sister's boyfriend because I know he'd want to know the news. And like a guy behind him is like, oh, really? No way. And a guy pops up in the back. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And like everyone, even though we don't give a shit about religion, we can share in our second religion, our other religion. Uh, and of course, the guy next to me with his stupid upside down colander looking hat is like he he elbows me and out of the side of his mouth he's like well how would you know that news 
because you're not supposed to be on your phone and services. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. Fucking God told me I'm a heathen. Like, deal with it. Organized religion, man. It's one of the stupidest fucking things ever. But, uh, you know, it makes people happy, so I'm not going to get all bent out of shape about it. But when you're in church, I guess you got to respect the rules. But if football comes calling, it is more of a religion to me than fucking God. Fuck that shit. Let me know about Antonio Brown. I want to know where he's going. That's like uh, the scripture to me. The feed. That's the scripture. Let me get my fix. All right, you guys aren't going to believe this, but as I was sitting here, I got a message from uh, one of the guys down at the F-Lot in Jetro. So I wanted to know what was going on. Obviously, it's a hot story. We talked about it earlier on the podcast. We got a firsthand account of what went down from our own Tony Gabagool. Yo, Kamish. Tony Gabagool here, first time, long time, wanted to tell you, I was down at the Birds game on Sunday, we got there at 5 a.m., Jetro wasn't open yet, so we had to go to the F lot instead, and as usual, we brought my grandfather's casket to the the tailgate, because he was a huge Birds fan, he taught me everything I know about the Birds you know, one of my earliest memories is watching birds games with my grandfather at Veteran Stadium, Section 704, Row 19, Seat 7 and 8. You know, first game I ever went to back in 94, my it, dude, my grandfather got in a fight and he was 86 at the time, you know, but you can't wear a Giants jersey to the 700 level and get away with it, you know. So you can say this broad had it coming. <laughs> if you had to sit through a season with Rich Cotite as your coach, you'd be fighting broads too. <laughs> so anyway, we're down at the lot. We put the nitrous tanks inside the casket, lay in the casket, close the lid, turn on the gas, and get fucked up, bro. It was dope. Everyone was getting fucked up. So I take, you know, my like eighth or ninth turn in the casket. And when I get out, there's this huge black guy wearing a Redskins jersey at our tailgate. And I said, holy shit, am I just fucked up? Am I dead? Did I ever get out of the casket? <laughs> and eventually I came through. I said, nah, this is real. I, I thought it was Jordan Reed for a second. So I says to myself, what would Pop Pop do in this situation? So I knew right then and there I had to fight him. So I threw the first punch. It was a good punch. You know, I think it hit him in the in the shoulder. It was a good punch. But, uh, you know, it was a bad decision overall. Uh, I got my ass kicked. I got banned from the F lot. I got banned from the K lot. I got banned from the M lot. I got banned from the Wells Fargo lot. From the Citizens Bank lot. From SEPTA. And even Patterson Avenue. But Jet Trode in Bammy. So week three, birds back home. I'm gonna be in the Jetro lot with the nitrous tanks, getting fucked up. But you know what? None of that matters. Cause the birds won the game and I defended their honor. And they won the game because I defended their honor. Alright, go birds. Dude, that is the best sounder I think we've ever had on this podcast. Every little bit of it was fucking great. I don't know if you heard me cracking up there in the background. Fantastic stuff out of Jake. And not only did he check in with a great sounder, but my man is coming up with segments. Featuring our new segment today, we've got Jake's Picks. I'm going to let Jake explain it and take it away, my man. All right, Brent. So I have a new segment for this year. It is Jake's Gambling Gabagools. All of my followers will be the Gabagoolians. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at the week one picks and we're going to look ahead at the week two picks um, because, quite frankly, I am, you know, not I'm not addicted to gambling yet, but I really, really like it like a lot. It's like when you start doing cocaine for the first time, you're like, oh, I'm not addicted. I just do a line here, a line there. Then it turns in every weekend. And then three years later, you're like a strung out piece of shit living outside. So 
I'm at the beginning stages of that with gambling, and it is fucking awesome. So first up, week one recap uh, went seven wins, six losses, and three cash outs for plus seven units on the weekend. That's a pretty good week. If you could do that every week, you're in good shape. So big winners, under 47 and a half, Bears Packers. That was a four-unit bet. That was an easy winner. Uh, Titans-Browns, I had the Titans money line and spread. Titans were getting disrespected. The Browns are still the fucking Browns, no matter what anyone says. No matter what kind of watch Odell Beckham wears, they're still the fucking Browns. That was two easy winners. The Redskins spread, that was an easy winner. I tried to tell you guys, division games are always close. Always fucking close. Uh, And then rounded it out last night or was that two nights ago, with the Texans-Saints. Texans on the spread and home and away total overs. Uh, So overall, up seven units from the first week. It was a really good fucking week. Um, So now we're going to look ahead to week two. What do I like in week two? Now, keep in mind, you got to watch these things as the week progresses and as the lines move, and especially when you get to Sunday. Sunday day, you got to check where the lines ended up. And then also look to take advantage of cash outs and in-game betting. So looking ahead, Giants plus 114 money line at home against the Bills, home underdog. People think the Bills are good, but they're not that good. The Giants aren't that good, but the Bills aren't that good either. That's a coin flip. Take, uh, take, uh, take what you can on the money line. Redskins plus 198 at home. Also, plus four and a half on the spread. That's a plus 100, so that's even. So I'm putting money on the Redskins, too. It's good value, and it's a division game against the Cowboys at home. Their home opener. I like it. What can I say? Uh, What else? Lions, underdogs at home. Money line, plus 112. I bet they beat the Chargers. Um, This one is fun. I'm going to do this every single week. Miami Dolphins money line plus a thousand against New England and <laughs> Dolphins plus 18 and a half on the spread. I know the Dolphins stink. They always give New England a fight and they're uh, division. It's a division game. So I put a lot of stock in the division games being crazy. And I'm just going to bet on the Dolphins every single week this year until they win. They will eventually win. Um, and that'll be my payday. What's uh, what's flushing $5 down the drain once a week until that happens. So. Other picks, I like the Steelers and Seahawks to go over 46.5. Steelers got curb stomped last week. Seahawks had a disappointing showing at home. Steelers home opener. It's going to be a fireworks show. Big Ben's going to get his fat face into that helmet. He's just going to be slugging the ball all over the field. Um, Other picks right now, I'm taking the Saints at the Rams. Money line plus 106. I didn't think the Rams looked that great against – against the Panthers this week based off of the seven minutes that they showed on red zone. So I'm going with the saints there. Birds, Falcons, Sunday night game of the week. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I do not know what I'm doing yet. I think we're better than the Falcons, but I don't see the value there. I'm hoping, I'm hoping the over under goes down from 51, uh, but we shall see. And then lastly, Monday night jets, plus 122 at home against the Browns. If C.J. Mosley plays on defense, I'm taking that. Uh, But again, watch this shit as it gets closer to the week. I will be making my official picks on Sunday. I have no way to communicate them to you guys. So good luck and Godspeed. This has been Jerky Bacon's Gabagool Gambling Corner, and uh, we'll see you as week two. Thank you for that, Jake. What a great segment. And I, I like your action on some of these games. I like where your head's at. You think uh, a lot like I do. I just checked the Eagles line. Eagles are getting one and a half. Um, who? I don't know if I'd touch that game. The over-under is interesting, though. I might, uh, I might take that over. It's 50 and a half right now on FanDuel. I think that's going to be a, a decent little scored game. I, I Yeah, let's hit the over. I might take that bet when I leave here today. Anyway, um, I appreciate everybody checking in. Great fucking contributions this week. This is what it's all about. That's what it's about, boys. Right there, what you just did. Fantastic shit. Very proud. Very proud. I'm sitting here and my balls are starting to stick to my fucking seat. 
We got a leather chair. It's not very uh, conducive to a cold and nude environment. Anyway, we'll check back in next week. I do promise that those other podcasts are coming. I know I told you about them, those longer form podcasts. If you're interested in checking that out, we'll have that out soon. We're just working through some of the kinks. Um, Zifo, our MVP of the week, he's going to lead us out with the song. He picked a little bit of an old school tune because he's kind of a fucking weird guy. So here's Zifo. We'll see you next week. It's been your commish. Talking this with your commish, baby. Sometimes I rhyme quick, 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 quick. Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick, 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 quick. Sometimes I rhyme slower, sometimes I rhyme quick. I'm sweeter and thicker than a chico stick. Here's an ice cream cone, honey, take the lick. I'll go to Bay Plaza and catch a flick. One more time, I'm going Scandalous, get a whip for this mess. Just let the yard boy know I'm blessed. I feel good, per se, good state of mind. Drive a red spur in the seats. Liquor with my nine millimeter. Right. My mind is in a blur, cause you could never pay me to think this would occur. Me and this girl, Jane Doe, was living together. We were inseparable, no one could sever. At least that's what I thought, but later I fought with a substance and almost ended up in Supreme Court. When I was on the road doing shows, getting ends, she was in my bins getting snippy with her friends. And even when she crashed my whip, I didn't flip. My man Slick Nick said, Smooth, you're starting to slip. Time went on, I started noticing weight loss. Then I had to ask her, Was she riding a white horse? At first she said, No. She said, yo, Smooth, I'm sorry, but I keep having visions of snow, I need blow. And I said, whoa, little hottie, I'm not DeLorean, Gabino, or Gotti. I don't deal coke, and furthermore, you're making me broke. I'll put you in a rehab, and I won't tell your folks. And what do you know? At 18 months, she came home, and I let her back in. And now she's sniffing again. Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick. Right. Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick. It's wrong! Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick. A sudden. Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick. Durable. Right. Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick. Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick. It's roll! Sometimes I rhyme quick, sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick. Sometimes I rhyme slow. Right. Um, I think you just got, uh, cucked.